Praise to our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is merciful and good today. Praise God. You may be seated in your place. I can't put in words, adequate words, to tell you how I am rejoicing this morning as we're able to see you, finally get to see you, uh, worshiping in this place. It's one thing when you Zoom, it's another thing when you call, and it's another thing reading emails and texts, but it's so different when you're able to see face to face. It's been a long journey. It's been more than three months, over a hundred days that we've been navigating through this, and I couldn't help but think about the people of Israel. They had navigated 40 years through the desert, uncertainty everywhere, uh, moments when they thought it was all over, moments when they thought that uh, they needed to display their anger at God and at those around them. No Moments when they even say, why did you bring us here to kill us? You should have left, left us back there in Egypt. We were better as slaves under the subjugation of the Egyptians. And the Lord navigates, it's like us. We've been navigating through this dark wilderness. You, we, we get a little call from right away. We say, this is it. You've said that this last three months. Oh, no. And we've been going through these ups and downs and fluctuation, fluctu, fluctuating with our health, with our attitudes. Some, some tempers have flared up. Some attitudes have surfaced as well. Some moods have become partners with us. We've navigated through this. And the people of Israel had left. And that's why today I want to talk about encounter with God. Because they, they had left 40 years. They left desolation. They left problems behind them. And now in Joshua chapter 4, we find them in Gilgal. They could see the promise of God on the other side of the water. They had ventured all of this time. They probably still stank like the desert. Carried scars of the desert. They actually still had the parched feeling in their throat from not enough water. Certainly they were sick and tired of the manna that was coming down from heaven. And the provision and guidance of the Lord. And now they find themselves in Gilgal. Looking at the promised land. Looking at God's reward over them. Looking at the very reason why they left 40 years before. Many were lost along the desert. Others were marred and scarred on the journey. But here they are in Gilgal. It's like us. Our first gathering. And oh, oh how much we miss this. I mean, it was difficult stopping you from worship the moment you sat in your seat. And although we have less seating capacity, it, fe it feels like the place is packed. And by the way, it is angels Andre Crouch sings that song, got me some angels watching over me, got watching over me. And it is really the presence of the Lord, but we've navigated through some difficult times. Some of you sitting here and watching us also via the internet, you, you've, you, you were uh, tested positive, you got sick, you were not in, uh, asymptomatic, you had symptoms. <laughs> and you've made it. I mean, you, you've made it. You're watching me, right? You made it. It, it, it. Obviously, it wasn't because of the doctors, because they were saying, this is it. It's because God, in his miraculous way, just looked down upon us in a very favorable way. And those that did not get sick, you walked very close to sickness. 
And you walk by somebody coughing the way they shouldn't be, or you in a reckless moment of not thinking. You ever walk? I've, we've done it so often. We end up leaving the house, and then we forgot that we left the, 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 the mask at home. And then you always tell everybody you carry a bunch of them with you, and that day you don't have any. You have to go back. Right? And then you wonder, wow, is it now? What if? Even now we think that. But God has seen us through. Nothing surprises the Lord. Nothing, yesterday, today, or tomorrow, nothing surprises the Lord. So the people of Israel get to Gilgal, and they have behind them all of what took place that we read about the desert experience. Forty years, some that left never made it, but now they're at Gilgal looking at the promise of the Lord, looking at what the Lord told them was their possession. Church, we are there. That's us. That's this ministry. When we ended last year and before the, the raging of this uh, COVID over the, the world, we have been feeding off the prophetic word of the Lord of his promises, provision, and inheritance over this house. And I think you will recall that I was back, and it seems like it was forever ago, but back then I was not just preaching about God's provision over this house, but blessing over your household. And God doesn't forget. God doesn't speak and then change his mind. God doesn't all of a sudden say, say something and then changes it altogether. There's no current uploads to God's program over our lives. There's not a new app in God. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what he promised you yesterday will be fulfilled in your life as you remain faithful. And our church finds our, ourselves in there. Here we are in Gilgal looking at the promises of the Lord. And, you know, by the way, when the people of Israel were looking, they heard and they could remember. And it was an oral tradition because it's 40 years after they heard God's release of Egypt and moving forward. So they, they're not sure of what is on the other side of the water, but they're trusting the Lord just like we are. We don't know what tomorrow might look like, but we trust God. We don't know how it's going to unfold for us in your job, in your home, in your future, in your career, all of that. But we trust God. Who would have ever thought that a little virus could paralyze the entire world? Graduations don't mean the same thing. Weddings, I, weddings have been postponed till next year. Funerals, the most heartbreaking thing for me in my, in my whole journey as a pastor is that I've never thought that I would have to do what I've done over the last few weeks and months. Our training is when a family is in need, you run to them. That's the pastoral training. And by the way, don't think that it's easy being, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying some that think they, they can do. Think about it. it. The call always comes in in a very inopportune time. But you got to go, and that's the training. You want to go. And even if the person is not about to pass away, you want to be with them in the hospital. Or if you can't go in, I couldn't even get in. I probably have ID cards for everywhere to let me in. I couldn't even get in. You live with that burden. Some people say, have even told me, boy, it must be easy for you because you don't have to gather. It's been harder for me. Harder for me. I would have never thought in all of my training and experience that I would do a memorial service over Zoom. Never. And yet that's what we are doing. That's where we are. It's very taxing, church. Who would have ever thought, but none of this is a surprise to God. This virus appeared, but God knows it's ending date. God knows that it's going to be over. God knows that we're going to make it through as we hold on. I'm trusting God. Hallelujah. You've got to praise him every single day because we're all right and we're navigating through. And some of you, you know, you have compromising things. But even in that compromising thing, God has not compromised you. He's holding you up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
The people of Israel were there, Gilgal, looking at the promise. And I couldn't help but start unpacking what Gilgal means. This, this place where they went. And, and as I started researching in preparation for my first sermon today that we, in our regathering, uh, Gilgal is a, is a place of new beginnings. Oh, hit restart with your family. It's a new beginning. Your plans economically, financially about house hit reset because it's a new beginning. Gilgal was a launching platform of a new future. The people of Israel were no longer slaves, although they still acted like slaves. The people of Israel were now set free, although they acted like they were bound. The people of Israel had an inheritance, although they acted like they had nothing. They had to be a place of new beginnings. And I'm here to tell you, church, that our ministry is positioned at a place of new beginning. We still have our building. We still have our leadership team. We still have the systems that we need to make it happen. We still have you. You still have me. Well, you should have said amen when I said you. We're still here. <laughs> you don't know this morning in the service, I couldn't help. I, I just wanted to run and hug everybody. And now, even now, I'm like fighting against myself. But it's a new beginning, church. We, we will be able to embrace once again. We will be able to hug once again. We will be able to talk without a, a mask. We will be able to be closer than six feet. It's a new beginning. You need to refresh the prophetic word over your life. God doesn't speak a word today and then amends it tomorrow. He doesn't promise you something in your life, in your family today, and then tomorrow it changes. You need to refresh that because it's a place of new beginnings. In fact, as I kept unpacking Gilgal, not only does it mean, it mean that, but it also means a place of rest. It's a, a place where you catch it. The people of Israel went, and when they got to Gilgal, what they did is, it says in the text in, in Joshua, that they camped out. They didn't immediately go to cross the, 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 the water and get to the other side and claim the land as theirs, but rather it was a place to camp out. Read it in, the, in, in, the, in these chapters of the book of Joshua. It's a place of rest. Why? Because no matter how strong you are, you still get weary from the journey. You still get weary. You sat there with a loved one that was suffering, and they're the ones going through pain, but all that anxiety and pain and stress transfers into you. It's like when you're talking to someone and they're going through a horrible situation, and all you're doing is listening. When you walk away from them, you feel just as tired as they do. And you're not even going through that. And sometimes the, the more dangerous is when you don't realize you need to unplug and slow down and stop for a moment. You can't keep running. And people of Israel had to stop and camp out and wait because there was still a miracle that had to happen, the parting of the water in front of them. And then they still needed to conquer the land that was on the other side. So it wasn't over. So it was a time to kind of regroup. And church, we are regrouping right now. This looks different. Life for the next few weeks or months or so might be a little bit different. Masks might be part of your, 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 your style coming, coming out soon for a while. So we need to realize that it's a, a place of rest, of new beginnings. It's also a circular place, uh, a roundabout. You, ever, you know what a roundabout is when you're driving? They have them. When I drive up to Bear Mountain, some places you see there's this place. There's no signal lights. It's all yield. Your car goes in. And you can actually keep going around the roundabout until you choose which exit to take. I don't know if you've done that. Oh, I think it was that exit. Oh, but this feels good. It's that, right? Keep going around in circles. 
The uh, Gilgal was also a circular place. That's why the whole thing with the 12 stones to serve as memorials. He told them, get these 12 stones and prepare them and put them and put them in place. And a miracle was going to happen because of that obedience. Remember that they were going to take and then the religious leaders would just barely touch the edge of the water and the water would part. And then in the center, they would establish those stones and then the water would part. The people of Israel would go through. And then when the water came in, those stones are still there in the center of the water as a memorial. Secular. You know, in God is taking so many of us watching me and all, all of us that are here back again. If it's a new beginning, then God is taking you full circle. Remember the commitments you made to the Lord? God is bringing you back to that. God, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you forever. Circle back to that today. Kill gal. God, if you resolve this situation with me, my household will serve you. Circle back. Let it be a memorial to you. Father, if you take care of this and take care of that, if you give me that apartment, if that job, whatever it might be, you know, because we're good at negotiating with God. Can't help being New Yorkers. <laughs> Remember the promises and circle back to, to that. It is not the time to now be... Everyone in this church has intrinsic value. Everyone. And everyone plays a role in us being able to move forward to the prophetic promises of God over this house. No one can be left aside. And Gilgal represents circular motion. It, 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 it also represents that we're viewing from our vantage point what is the promise of God on the other side. We're just seeing it. In fact, we have to, we, back to the circling, listen to what I'm going to say right now. Back to the circling, I think the last uh, look again sermon was three months ago. So let me, let me just insert it here. Is that okay if I insert it here? We need to look again. The call of God of your life. The purpose over this church. Why? During the COVID, and, and, and not so much the COVID, the racism thing that is surfacing up and, and the protesting that was happening. I remember that I'm looking out my window and I saw thousands of people. It looked to me, it looked like a million. And I'm looking from my 15th floor window, looking down. I'm looking and in front of the church. I see this demonstration just in the front. And by the way, they were very calm. Don't go with the hype. Demonstration is part of the rights as a citizen of this country. Not violent, destructive demonstration, which is, by the way, minimal. But demonstrations are all right. And they're demonstrating in the front, but I couldn't help thinking of all the horrible things that I heard. So I, I stopped breathing for a while. I said, our glass door is going to be shattered. Somebody must have paint. They're going to graffiti the front of the building. Oh, me, oh, my. And for a moment there, I repanicked. But I needed to come back and say, wait a minute. The Lord, there's a reason why this building made it through. There's a reason why you made it through. We need to circle back to that. Because Gilgal is the place to rest, to remember. It is a place to look and see how I can engage myself once again. There's no room now, church, us moving forward, for people to be sitting on the sidelines. No room anymore. When we finished the first service this morning, a group of volunteers from our church swept this entire place to prepare it for you. They had a 15-minute window. They're not preaching here today, but they're making it easier for me to preach and for us to celebrate. Everyone has a place. There's no people set aside. And don't think for a moment that we're going to let you sit too long because there's things that need to be done. God has brought us to Gilgal for a reason. The people of Israel were there getting ready, looking at the promises of God 
and getting ready to embrace it. But let me give you four observations that I get from this other than what I just mentioned in the introduction. First of all, what the people of Israel needed to do and we need to do is to refresh. We need to slow down, make an assessment, take it easy, realize what we've gone through. We don't sometimes realize how physically, emotionally, and spiritually we are wasted away. And sometimes you just need to stop and breathe for a moment to catch your breath before you move forward. That's what sometimes you need to do. When you're going to embark on a big, gigantic task before you, and, and, and you're like me, I guess, you know, when it, especially on the physical side, you know, I have three little granddaughters. I have all the energy that, of any human being that can have. And in order for me to run with them and play with them and, and enjoy the social time in, the, in wherever we are with them, I need to first catch my breath because I'm not five years old. I'm six years old. I mean, no, no. So you have to almost wait, catch up. That's where we're at right now, church. Because if we're going to look forward, move forward in a mature way, in a way that's obedient to the Lord, we need to make sure that we know what we have, where we're at, and we need to make sure that we're refreshed. That's why the people of Israel stopped at Gilgal. Before moving forward, they need to be refreshed. It was 40 years. You don't know all the baggage that we've carried in the last three months. How many times did you, in your heart, say, what is going on? And, and your, 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 even disbelief was creeping up inside of you. Even coming here today, is it really safe? Should I really do it? Do I really need to go there? How am I not going to embrace people? And what we do is we, we need to just calm down for a moment and realize that the one that is in control is God. It is God. You can't count on mayors, governors, and presidents. You need to count on God. You, need to, you can't count on what he says, they said, others say, or even what you read. Sometimes you don't even know if it's true. You need to count on God. He has seen you and I through. So let's refresh in him. Let's refresh. In, that's what makes this service and this gathering so beautiful, that after three plus months and a hundred plus days, here we are and we can fall in the hands and in the arms of a loving and caring God. Number two, not only refresh, but we need to recount. And recount that, what I mean by that is, let's realize that the one that has gotten us through today has been the Lord. Had the Lord not been by our side, we heard that preaching in one of the reflections, right? Had the Lord not been by my side, he's the one that, yes, you wore your mask. Yes, you stayed home. Yes, you didn't greet anybody. Yes, you ate the right, that's not true because we ate too much. We've, we've all looked different here today. We watched too much TV, ate too much. The refrigerator hates us now. Any amen in the house? You even ate stuff you didn't think you could eat. But you need to now, you need to retell the stories. The Lord, that cough did not become COVID. That slight fever was something else. And even if when you have compromised uh, health concerns, you did not get sick. And by the way, I declare, I'm not going to get sick. Hallelujah. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm doing the right things. That's why, I, although I want to greet you, I won't. Right? That's why as soon as I get off, I'll wear the mask. Wash my... Since this morning, at least 12 times, my hands, look at them. They're all wrinkled. They look like an old man's hands. Let me your lotion. <laughs> you do the right thing, but you can't be thinking, am I next? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm next in line for the blessing. I'm not next in line for sickness. I'm the next in line. That's how you need to think. 
That's how you need to be moved forward. That's how this church needs to be motivated moving forward. Not this is the end. This is the last year I'm going to walk on the earth. No, the Lord's got a lot to do. Recount the way he has seen you through. How many times were you close to death and the Lord pulled you up? How, how many times were you close to being arrested and God had set you free? How many times were we close to depression and God helped us through? Recount. That's what the 12 stones were about, memorials, to remember. In fact, Joshua even say that, let, said that. Let this be a testimony for future generations. No one thought we would be going through what we were going through. But I'm telling you, if the Lord should tarry, people will read historically how the state of New York was the last one on the map. And because the people of the state of New York did the right thing, and particularly in the city of New York, because I'm very partial, the, uh, the people of the city of New York did the right thing. We were the last ones as far as infections. We were the last ones as far as death. We were the last ones as far as contamination. And it was uncomfortable for the last uh, uh, three plus months. But here we are, not last, but first. In fact, they're looking at us as a model. And now I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you didn't read the news this morning. I most certainly did. God. God. I know elected officials say that wasn't God. That was God. God. Hallelujah. It was God. We need to give and we need to recount the goodness of the Lord. And in this church, that's why we sing the way we sing. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We're standing today because, God, you've been more than good to us. Hallelujah. I, I keep thinking about Daisy's testimony when they interviewed her after she got out. And she, in the interview, she's always telling it was God that got her through. It wasn't the medical. It was God that got her through. We need to be recounting what the Lord, and tell people God has seen me through. Hallelujah. Has kept us safe. So we need to refresh. We need to recount. We also, church, and I believe this firmly, we need to recount dedicate. The people of Israel did this. We're not going to do this, but the people of Israel did this. I want to apply symbolism to this metaphor. They got circumcised. We're not going to do that. But they rededicated themselves. And what you may or may not know is about a month ago, three, three weeks ago, I've got, you know, because of what's been going on, sometimes we lose track of days. But I think it was about three weeks ago, a month. I called the pastors. I said, we're, we're, getting, we're coming in. We're coming in. We're coming in. Just us. It was a Saturday evening. What we did is we had the building all sanitized from top to bottom. Top to bottom. The entire building sanitized by a professional company. And then right after that, I told the pastor, let's come in just us. Don't bring anybody else. Just us. And what we did, it was, over, it was an hour, but we ended up going over time because God just walked into this place. It was a place of brokenness. and Because I'm a firm believer that, yes, wash your hands, wear a mask, sanitize the building, but seek the power of the Holy Spirit. Above all things, seek God. And I realized then that we need to read, not that there was sin in us, none of that. It's simply you need to rededicate yourself. And I don't know if you know, but the day we, the last service we had, when, when the congregation left our building for the last three months, the glory of the Lord departed, followed the people along. So the only residue of the power of God and presence of the Lord in this place was because we were here, the musicians and the sound people, the production people, we were here. So there was a portion of the glory of God here because the people were here. But the glory always follows the people, not the temple. Not the temple. That's why you can sell a building and it can become a casino. Because the temple doesn't represent, doesn't hold the glory of, the God. It's, uh, of God. It's you and I. And I believe because we were gone so long, that we now had to rededicate. This building is about 45 years old, and I'm sure that we've rededicated this building about 20 or 30 times.
because I believe in that. In your home, don't wait for me to pray for the keys of your home once a year. In fact, at the end of the service, we got something special for you so you can go rededicate again. But don't know if you wait for that. In fact, daily, you and I should be rededicating ourselves to God. And today in the prayer that I do at the closing, I'm going to uh, offer you an opportunity to rededicate. They circumcised as a sign of their commitment to God. And what we need to do is to rededicate ourselves to, to show the world and show ourselves that we are God's people. We can't carry ourselves the way everybody else does. We can't panic the way the world is panicking. We cannot act the way the world is acting. We cannot say it's okay to things that are happening in our context and our society just because others are saying it's okay. What's wrong is wrong. What's sin is sin. What's lie is lie. What's racism is racism. Period. Don't try finding an angle. There's no angle. Black and white has no angle. And I don't mean black and white skin color. I'm talking about the colors. There's no angle. It just is or it isn't. It be or it be not. That's the way it is. We need to rededicate ourselves. We dedicate our minds. I frequently, when I pray, let me invite you into my time of consecration before the Lord. I so frequently say, Lord, just that my mind would honor you, that my eyes would honor you, that my everything. And I frequently lay hands upon myself, Lord, help me. Because I know it's very easy to get distracted. You ever hung out with people and the conversation goes south and before you know it, you're entertaining those conversations as well? And then you catch yourself and you feel guilty? You feel guilty because the Holy Spirit is working on your conscience or your subconscious and he's trying to draw you back to be good. It's like that look that mommy or daddy gives you across the room. They didn't say a word, but the look just smacked you down. And oftentimes we, so we need to rededicate ourselves. Rededicate friendships. Rededicate ourselves to our family. Rededicate ourselves to taking better care of ourselves. That's rededication. Going back to spiritual disciplines. You haven't had the opportunity for me to tell you week after week, week after week, we have a daily Bible reading. But we've all gone astray. Not all, but many have gone astray. Why? Because when we're not reminded, we, often, we have to rededicate ourselves. We were fasting Tuesdays and, Thursdays, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And because of what's going on, it's, this is not an accusational thing or anything at all. It's, it's the reality checked. We have to get ourselves back on track and rededicate ourselves. Lord, I'm going to serve you. Lord, I'm going to carve out this time on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Lord, I'm going to listen to the pastoral reflection. Whatever, I'm going to rededicate myself to you. So it's refreshing. It's recounting, rededicating the people of Israel before they move forward to experience the miracle of walking uh, uh, through the waters to the other side and claiming the other side. They needed to rededicate themselves. And by the way, that theme... I'm staying on this intentionally. That theme of rededication is common in the Old Testament, particularly when the people of Israel were navigating through the, uh, the 40 years in the desert, moving toward the promise. Rededication was a constant theme that surfaced so many times. If you look in the beginnings of Joshua, when Joshua was going, I think it's chapter 3, he says that we need to rededicate, consecrate ourselves because we don't know the road that the Lord is taking us down. Chapter 3 of, of, of Joshua. So con uh, rededication has to be a constant discipline for us, a constant decision that we make. It isn't that we're getting saved again. You're not going to get saved again. How many people here are alive? Right, you're alive. How many people bathe often? Not to say daily. How many people bathe often? 
right? Now, you don't bathe because you want to stay alive. Well, you actually, long-term, yes, strategically, you should bathe because, but you, no, you bathe because you have to clean yourself every day. Yes? How many people ate food today? And I, I can't see the hands on the other side of the camera. Did you? Okay. Right? Did, did, you, did you not clean the plate and eat the breakfast and the raw eggs that stayed and dried up on the plate Then you threw your lunch on there? Or your, no. You cleaned the plate to reuse it again. Correct? Oftentimes, God can't use us the way he wants to use us because there's still egg in our face. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. From the previous meal that we didn't rightly digest, and all of a sudden we want God to use that as, as, as the, the launching platform for the future. This is not salvation. This is about being a servant before the Lord. And we need to go back there constantly. That's why the people that say, but do I have to go to church every single day? For you, yes. Because you asked the question. That means that you think that there's someone. No, there's no. There's certain things that you just have to do. You have to wash your face. You have to bathe. You have to clean your, do your hair. The, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people were mourning on. I can't get my nails done, my hair done. And look, look at me. Right? That didn't make you less you, but it's something you needed to. Come on, ladies. Not just the ladies, the men. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So, same thing with dedication. You need to consecrate your home. You need to consecrate your job. Consecrate your credit cards. You shouldn't have any. Take the class that we give. But whatever your finances, consecrate it before the Lord. Consecrate your home. Consecrate, consecrate your, and when you leave, bless your children when they leave their home. Bless them when they come back. Amen. When our granddaughters come over, we bless them. Even if they don't, because sometimes, you know, they, children are children, they don't want to pray. You pray. Pray over them. Lay hands upon them. Project them into their future. I see incredible potential in you. That's what we need to do. Rededicate. And we do that, church, the people of Israel. The last one, because it was refreshing, recounting, rededication. The third one is to recalibrate. And recalibrate is simply that you have to make adjustments to stay in line. I was traveling the other day, and I didn't quite make that turn that the navigation system was telling me. So the navigation system went into recalibration. What it did is, based on my error or my oversight, it made a new a path so that I can get to the destination I needed to get to. So sometimes our error, our oversight, leads us somewhere else. In fact, it was so bad the other day when I'm driving the car, I'm with my wife and my family, and I missed the turn on the navigation, and then that was a mistake, right? But then I broke the law. Turn everything off, please, right now. No. I made it. I thought that was the turn I was supposed to. I'm going up the wrong way. And you know, when you, I was so far into the street, when I realized it, I couldn't even make a U-turn. Pray for me. Pray, and don't say it's age. It's not age. It's that the navigation system didn't work. No, my point in here is that you have to recalibrate. Right now, they don't allow more than two people in the elevator. I don't know about your building, but in my building. And you have to gracefully ask. And sometimes, and it's happened already, I've done it. I live on the 15th floor, but I walk down. You recalibrate. Sometimes when you're walking down the street, all of a sudden the street is closed. Or now that restaurants are in the street, you have to recalibrate. In your life is the same way. If you don't recalibrate, you're going to crash and burn. There's friends you can't have anymore. There's relationships that have to be readjusted. There's places that you visited that need to be redone. You're not the same today as you were three months ago. Things have changed. You've got the look of a tiger in your eyes, someone that has survived. That means something. So you have to recalibrate in your life. The people of Israel needed to do that. 
They needed to get to a place where they had made commitments. They realized the call of God over their life. They were looking at the conquest of the promised land, and they needed to move forward. They're sitting on the other side in Gilgal, the place of rest, the place of new beginnings, and they, re had, they had to recalibrate their, their strategy. That's why the Lord, I, I love this about God. I love this about God. God did not tell the people of Israel when they left Egypt that when they got to Gilgal, they were going to have to have 12 stones. And they were going to have to follow the direction or the leadership that was before them. God waited till they were in that place 40 years later. So today, the Lord is probably telling you something that he did not tell you 10, 15, 20 years ago because it would have confused you because you didn't realize that God was going to guide you through the desert to be in Gilgal, Gilgal to get new instructions to get to the promised land. That's where we're at today. And I want to share openly what I believe is God's prophetic confirmation over this church. I know the Lord said at the end of the year, last year, and in the beginning of this year, new things, great things. Look, I have no idea what that exactly looks like. But I know God. And so I'm not afraid. In fact, I don't even need any more instructions. I just want to hold on to the hand of the Lord. Wherever he leads, we're going. We're going, and then I'm learning also, please, 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 those that are watching and those that are here, stop putting limitations on God. I think that we think too small of the blessing that God has for us. I think that we limit what God wants to do with us, and we're thinking that that's God. No, it's way beyond anything we can imagine or think. That is the blessing of the Lord. And God's going to use individuals and people that we never even thought of, people in the periphery, people that have been looked over before, people that look so less qualified. That's who's making it happen. Who would have helped ministry to happen? You're not even thinking about it right now because you're thinking about, oh, it's the, the little old ladies, they pray. Yeah, absolutely they're there. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the deacons and elders and leaders and all, 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 and the bishops. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the true leaders of helping the church make it to today, not just pre-CC, but churches in general, how about if I tell you it's the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds? I don't have the slightest idea how to plug in that camera, that connection. You give me a phone, if I get too many calls coming in at the same time, I get all confused. Is there an amen in here? Of, of general, uh, right? Is it? But the, my little granddaughters can pick up the phone and do wonders. I don't, they can hardly speak, and they're already doing their stuff. The church has had to walk down this path of technology. Ready or not, walk down. And the ones that helped us get through. Is those young people that we thought, oh, we got to get them saved. They are saved. Oh, we got to get them trained. They are trained. Oh, we got to make sure that they're called. They are called. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you can praise a little louder than that because that's true. Hallelujah. I see it. They've kept us afloat to be able, if you listen to our pastoral reflections, that's really the technical side. That's the product of this new generation of people. It's not all fogies like me or like you. God using people that we didn't even look at before. We didn't think. But if we, and here's where I want to get to church, let's be wise. Let's appreciate Gilgal as we look at the promised land. And let's let everybody find their lane and stop the competition. Anything. Just find their lane and then move forward. 
As long as people are loyal, they love God, they love this church, they love the ministry, they're allowing God to work in their lives, God will fix what has to be fixed. He will transform us all. That only happens when you have an encounter with God. That's what the people of Israel had in Gilgal. That's why they could cross miraculously through the water because they had an encounter with God in Gilgal, the place of rest, of recounting, of rededication, of recalibration. There, church, this is our Gilgal. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I totally understand, Lord, that you're guiding us forward as a ministry and as a people. I pray, Lord, that even with limited communications capacity, that that message has come across to the hearts of our listeners today. Ministry is not about an individual person. Ministry is not about convenience. Ministry is not about having desert moments. The function of a church, everyone in the church, is about you and your mission, not ours. So I pray, dear Lord, for PCC, but also for those that are listening to me right now that are connected to other ministries, that we become experts in obedience, that we hear your voice, and that we allow our hand to be firmly grabbing onto, gripping your hand as you guide us through uncharted waters. If we trust you fully, if we lay at your feet all of our gifts and abilities, then the future will become a reality. Then the promised land will become ours. Then we will be able to move forward, Lord, to do incredible things, not because of our own doing, but because of you in each one of us. Why don't we stand throughout the sanctuary and in your home, if you can stand for a moment, if you're able, I want you to lift up your hands up to the sky. Father, right now I pray a renewed blessing, a refreshing blessing, over our people. We've been away from gathering together for such a long time, but you have allowed us this new beginning, this restart, this place, Lord, where we can be relaunched again. And Lord, we lift up our hands, Lord. We confess to you our frail humanity. We confess to you, Lord, our, our, our inclination, Lord, to run away rather than run toward you. And I pray, Lord, that we might be reestablished, rededicated in you once again. And that you would use us, Lord, each individually, each person individually, to be able to move forward and, and toward the promises that you have for us. The waters will part. We'll walk in dry land. You will provide the resources that we need. Lord, the blessing is a lot larger than what we think, than what we could ever imagine, because that's the way you do things. You're going to take us down paths and roads we've never been before. We're going to, Lord, find ourselves in places where we may not even think we have the resources, but the only resource we have is guaranteed in you and our relationship with you. I also, Lord, at this moment, pray for every home and every household. Those that are here and those that are listening to us right now. A lot has happened in three months. A lot has happened in over 100 days. Lord, and it's not over yet. But Father, I rededicate every home to you right now. Visit every household. Let the power of peace be in every home. Take away the strife, the discord, acts of violence and disobedience 
in the name of Jesus, we cast it out. We come against the powers of darkness that have tried to bring division. Lord, not just in the households, not, not just in every home, but Father, also in the household of faith. Churches that are going through crisis at this moment. Lord, we pray right now for a breakthrough. We bind the works of the enemy and we pray, Lord, for the armies and the squadrons of heaven to show up and report to duty right now, Lord, and destroy the workings of the enemy, Lord, from the inside out. We cannot have a people divided. We need to be, Lord, united in harmony, working in what we need to work in, in the lane that you assigned us, oh Lord, because this is for the sake of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, Lord, lift up men and women, lift up our young people, Lord, as I have preached today. Oh, Lord, to, to, to places of prominence and of influence, Lord. You will give them the abilities, the capacity to be able to move forward, Lord. And will impart upon them, Lord, the, knowledges that, the knowledge that we have been able to attain. But, Father, the kingdom is about you. The message is about you. Churches that hear us right now, Father, lift up men and women. That would be more interested, Lord, not in power and position and influence. But rather, Lord, in lifting the banner of Christ in the communities that we find ourselves. If churches throughout the land would do that, Lord, then the church will be united rather than divided. Help us, dear Lord. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let your kingdom reign like never before. Pour your Holy Spirit. Come on, lift up your hands. Pour your Holy Spirit. I cannot do it alone, Lord. Pour your Holy Spirit over my life in Jesus name I pray can you offer him a praise right now can you just praise the Lord can you just praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah praise the Lord